All right, John chapter 3. Gospel of John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night. By night. It, you know, he was a, uh, I guess we would say today, in today's vernacular, he was a, a closet follower of Jesus. He, he came by night. He didn't want all his Jewish friends to know that he was interested in Jesus, so he came by night. And he said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be what? Born again. Everybody say it again. Born again. He cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot, everybody say cannot, cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You know, there's only two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness or the kingdom of Satan. Everybody's either in one kingdom or the other. On the earth, in the physical sense, there's many political kingdoms or countries. But in the spiritual realm, there's only two. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. And Jesus said, unless you be born again, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. You must be born again. That which is born of flesh is flesh. Amen. Every one of us here, I, I'm sure, have been born of flesh. Amen. In fact, everybody in Ruthton has been born of flesh. And everybody in Pipestone even has been born of flesh. But he said, except you be born of the flesh, and the Spirit. He says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. So to be born again is to be born of the Spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. That's my message today. Ye must be born again. He didn't say it would be a good idea. It's something to consider. It's one of the many options. He said, you must be born again. You must be born again. Now, it's interesting to me that he's speaking to Nicodemus, a, a ruler of the Jews. Now, the Jews had the revelation of God. God had spoken to that nation. And they were following God. But Paul tells us in Romans that they were ignorant of God's righteousness and they tried to establish their own righteousness. But yet they were following after God. This was a religious man, a religious leader, a religious teacher, and he, but he saw something in Jesus that he wanted. And he saw reality. He says, you are a teacher come from God. 
And I would have thought maybe Jesus would say, well, Nicodemus, I'm glad that you saw these things. I'm glad that your eyes are open to the fact that, and you really appreciate my ministry. And I, I thank you, Nicodemus, for that. I really like that. That would be, that'd be maybe what we would say. But Jesus had a way of always cutting to the chase and getting down to the heart of the matter. Amen? And it didn't matter, you know, what he thought of Jesus' ministry. It mattered whether or not he's going to make it into the kingdom of God. And he says, Nicodemus, except you be born again, you won't come into the kingdom of God. You might think I'm a teacher. You might think I'm doing these miracles by the power of God. But something's got to happen inside of you or you're not going to make it to heaven. Can I have an amen today? And he says, how can this be? And Jesus said, marvel not that I said unto you, you must be born again. Let's read a little more. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest not the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth, so is every one that is born of the Spirit. It says it's like the wind. The wind comes and the wind goes, you know, and it's not something that you, you know, that you can see with your physical eyes unless it has an effect upon something, but you can't really see the wind. It's some, but it's like the Spirit is like the wind. It comes, and it's real. But Nicodemus said, well, he was thinking in the natural, he was thinking, well, can I go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? You know, how, how can this be? Because he was thinking in the natural. And the Bible says, the natural man receives not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. And I was thinking about how people are always looking for some physical sign for salvation. For example, well, I, I was baptized as an infant, you know, or I went through confirmation, or I'm a member of this church. You see, I have a certificate here that I'm a member of XYZ Church, so therefore I'm going to heaven. But none of those things can save us because you must be born of the Spirit. It's got to be something that God does. It's not something physical. It's not a certificate. Amen. It's something that happens by the grace of God through the Holy Spirit. The new birth is a miracle. I believe in miracles. Amen. I've seen physical miracles. I've seen people healed. Praise God. By God's power. And that's exciting. But the greatest miracle that there ever was that, that someone's heart could be changed and they could be born again. That they could become a new creature in Christ. That's a work of the Holy Spirit. I can't do that. I can't make you born again. All I can do is proclaim what the Word of God says. But if you'll open your heart, God will come in your heart and you'll be born again because God has made a way through Jesus Christ for you to be different than you were before. Hallelujah. And there is nobody in here that's ever earned their salvation. There's nobody here that's been good enough to get into heaven. It's only by God's grace and by what he did on that cross through Jesus Christ that we can be saved. But I tell you, God's hand of grace is out to you and is out to this world because he wants people to know his salvation and know his grace through Jesus Christ. God is love and he loves you. He said in Jeremiah, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. God draws us with his love. He loves people. He made us to be his friends and to be in fellowship with him and to be 
in his in communication with him. A donkey can't communicate with God. <laughs> a giraffe, a, a, a deer. What else we got around here? Raccoon. They don't cut it, but you do. God wants you. God loves you. God made a way for you to be with him. You know, John 17, 3, Jesus said, This is life eternal that they might know thee, the only true God in Jesus Christ whom he sent. That's what the gospel is. is the gospel is that we get to know God, that we get to fellowship with God, that we get to be in communion with God. It's great that we can fellowship with one another. I love that, you know. But we get to fellowship God. Man, we get, to, we get to come into his presence and know him and experience him. It's a privilege. Can I have an amen? Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? I hope today that we can explain a little bit about how these things can be. How can these things be, Nicodemus says. Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master of Israel? And knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, we speak which we do know and testify which we have seen, and you receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. He says, Nicodemus, you mean you don't understand this? This is God 101. This is the basic thing. And you don't understand this. You know what? We cannot really understand anything about God until we understand this. Can I have an amen? We, cannot, we can't begin to comprehend anything about the nature of God, who he is, and what he wants to do in our life. Until we are born again. That's why Jesus said, except you be born again, you cannot what? See. It's like he gives you supernatural pair of eyeglasses so you can begin to see spiritual truth. Amen? When you're born again. He said, Nicodemus, wake up here. I got a message for you. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. Why? Because the world was already condemned. Jesus didn't come to condemn us because we were already condemned. He came to save us. He came to rescue us from our sins. You must be born again. I'm sure there's many of you here, you've heard this over and over again. You're in a church there where the pastor preaches this. And I know myself, I wonder, Lord, why do you want me to preach this? this? This is always preached here. Usually when I come here, I preach something about the church or something to encourage you in your witness. But today I felt led to share this message. 
And uh, we'll, we'll see why. You know, we'll see what the results of it are. I just heard a testimony that somebody, Susan, that you and I prayed for when we were here uh, a few months ago that was having trouble having a baby is having a baby. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Isn't that good news? Because God does miracles. And he does miracles in people's hearts. Amen. And he brings us out of darkness into his glorious light. And he causes us to be born again. Born again. Now I was thinking about what, what are the signs that a person's born again? I mean, how can you tell if you've been born again? They change their speech. Yeah, that's one of the points I was going to make. They change. Basically, change. If you're born again, you change. Can I have an amen? Now, see, I heard this message about what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. I heard that when I was a child. I was in a Baptist church, and they preached the gospel, you know, in uh, vacation Bible school and Sunday school and church. And one time on an Easter Sunday morning, I heard about Jesus dying on the cross of Calvary for my sins, being buried, and, and coming back to life. And the preacher gave an altar call, and I came forward that day. God drew me to himself that day, and I prayed what we call the sinner's prayer. And I asked Jesus to come into my life. And God did something real in my life that day, but I wasn't changed. That's why I don't believe when I was nine years old, I was born again. But God did something. You know, God can do some preliminary things in our life. Amen? I heard Billy Graham talk about one time the difference between conception and birth. <laughs> There's preliminary things the Spirit of God can do in our lives. Like you might come to church one Sunday and the pastor's talking about um, walking the straight and narrow. And you go, whoa, I see I'm not walking the straight and narrow. And conviction begins to come upon you. Well, that's one of his preliminary things. <laughs> conviction. You might have conviction. You know, you might even come forward and pray a prayer. But there's still that element, you must be born again. And as we said, when you're born again, there'll be a change in your life. Can I have an amen today? Now, so in my life, I, I prayed that prayer when I was nine years old. I can remember it. It's clear. It was a spiritual event in my life. But after that, my mother, she left that church, and she had gotten in some disagreements there. She went to a different church. Well, when she changed churches, I quit going to church. So all you young people, don't you ever quit going to church. All right? You come and you listen to the word. Amen? And you keep being taught the word. And you be faithful to the Lord. Amen? And God will bless your lives. So don't do what I did. Do what I'm preaching. Don't do what I did. Okay? Because I went, went around a lot of mountains. And uh, got into a lot of sin and a lot of darkness. And followed the crowd instead of following Jesus. But when I was 27 years old, I come in, came into contact with some Christian believers who were what I would call sold out for Jesus. They were following the Lord. I came into a church, and I saw them worshiping God. I saw the love of God in that place. I saw Jesus in action in people's lives, and I began to be drawn to the Lord in a fresh way. And, you know, I, I went through a, a period of time, and you can read about it in the, the book I mentioned, where I felt like I was being pulled in, 
apart because part of me wanted to continue in a life of sin, but part of me wanted Jesus really bad. And finally, I came to a place, and God spoke to me, and he said these words to me. He said, turn from the things of the world. God spoke to me. You can read about it in the book. I don't want to take all the time today to explain, but God called me to what we call repentance, to make a decision against sin and for him. Well, I said two words that day. I said, yes, Lord, and that's when my whole life changed. God's presence came into my life, and I was born of the Spirit. And I tell you what, I've never been the same person ever since. I haven't been the same old person that I was before. I was different. I was changed. So that's one of the things, one of the characteristics when you're born again, there'll be a change. Amen? Because it is real. Now, he's still changing me. I'm not telling you you're going to be all perfected all in one day. <laughs> because he said that we've got to be what? Transformed by the renewing of our minds. So we still got this brain on top of our shoulders that needs to be transformed to the Word of God, and we are changed day by day. But there's an initial birth into this thing. And the new birth is not the end, it's the beginning. You know, you, when you're born in the natural, that's just the beginning. It's the same in the spiritual. When you're born again, it's just the beginning. You've got to continue on with the Lord. Another characteristic of being born again is this. You'll know it. You'll know it. I mean, you know, I think when a baby is born in the physical and it's inside this mother's tummy, you know, and then one day that baby is outside its mother's tummy, I think it knows it. Amen? <laughs> Things are different. Can I have an amen? And the Bible even says that when you're born again, the Spirit bears witness with your spirit that you're a child of God. When you're born again, he lets you know that something's different. You've been changed. You may not understand everything about it. You may need a lot of teaching on it. But something's different. Something has happened to you. And you know that God is your father. Amen. That's scriptural. And another thing that happened to me, and I believe is a sign of a new birth, is that when you have a new birth, you have love. Now, I was a hippie. That was, that's a counterculture group. That means we had our own little group, okay? You had to have the right hair and smoke dope, and you had to, you know, speak the right lingo. And so we had our group, and then all the other people, we called them straights. So we were the hippies, and they were the straights. And so we might do business with them or talk to them, but... We didn't really want anything to do with straights because they might find out that we're smoking dope and call the cops. Amen? So before I was born again, I had this group of people that I didn't want to talk to and I didn't really care for, and I just wanted to be with my little counterculture group, okay? But all of a sudden, when I was born again, I loved all these people. All these, you know... Well, I want to say older people and younger people and straight people, all kinds of different people, I had love for them. You know, the Bible says, He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. When you're born of God, you're born of love. Amen? 
The Bible said the love of God is shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. It's a sign of a new birth. Jesus said you must be born of God. You must be born of the Spirit. You must be born again. And when you're born again, change takes place. Now, why do we need to be born again? Why do we need to be born again? You know, I, <clears throat> I want to just say something here, too, about, about this message. I was reading something today about a message about the Laodicean church. Remember, Jesus said uh, you're, to the Laodicean church, he said, you're, what, lukewarm, right? He said, if you're lukewarm, I'll do what? I'll spew you out of my mouth. And so the Laodicean church is the sleepy church. They're kind of semi-hot, but, I mean, they're not hot. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and say, get hot for God. Anyway, the article I was reading, they were talking about one of the characteristics of the Laodicean church is that if we're, if we're lukewarm, we don't have any excitement about what Jesus did on the cross. We might understand it, and we might say, yeah, I have accepted that, but it's just like kind of, okay. You know, when we're on fire, we're excited about what Jesus did for us that he redeemed us from death and destruction and gave us new life. Amen? See, because without Christ, we were hopeless. And God, you know, the Bible tells us in the beginning that God created the heavens and the earth. God created everything. Now, you might go to school, young people, and they might tell you something different, but the truth is God made everything in the beginning. Amen? And then he created you and I. And the Bible said he created us in his own image and in his own likeness he created. And he created us for fellowship with himself. And this is what Susan was sharing with the ladies yesterday, how we, men and women, were created in the image of God. Hallelujah. What a privilege that we were created in the image of God. We were made God-like. God made us like ourselves, and then he breathed life into us. But God told that man and woman, he says, now, there's two trees in the garden. He says, one's the tree of life. That's for you. He says, but don't eat of this tree. It's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He said, for in the day that you eat of that tree, in that day, you will die. And so what did they do? They, Satan came and tempted them. The serpent came in the garden and tempted them. And... <clears throat> They ate of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And how many know, physically, Adam and Eve still lived. But God wasn't lying, amen? They died. How'd they die? They died spiritually. Why? Because they were cut off from the source of life. Their fellowship with, with God was broken because of their sin and rebellion. And that's history. That's a fact in history. And... Every single one of you in this room, you're related to them. I go to India and I see these dark-skinned people and I say, now I'm your long-lost relative. And they go, because <laughs> we're all related, folks. Every single one of us. And so the Bible said that the sin that was in them then passed on the human race. 
So every descendant of Adam then has sin nature birthed into them. David said he was born in iniquity. And the Bible said in Romans chapter 5 that death passed on the, or that sin passed on the human race and death by sin. For that all have sinned. And the scripture tells us that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So I don't have to talk to you to find out if you've sinned. The Bible's already told me that you've sinned. Now what is sin? Well, it's disobeying God. It's missing the mark. It's rebelling against God. It's going our own way instead of his way. It's things like uh, murder. We say, well, okay, I'm all right there. I haven't murdered anybody. But Jesus said, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. <laughs> it's things like uh, adultery or any form of sexual immorality. Homosexuality, uh, living together before your marriage, sexual relationship when you're not married, uh, watching pornography, uh, all the stuff that everybody does now. It's sin. Everybody say it's sin. And then he says, idolatry, that's loving something other than God. In India, they worship these uh, golden statues, and they worship animals. They worship all kinds of things except God. In America, people worship money and fame and sports heroes, and those things are very often more important than God, and if they're more important than God, then they are God to that person. And God says, that's idolatry. And a lot of other things. Covetousness means desiring something that someone else has. Um, cheating, cheating on your taxes would be included in sin. I mean, there's so many things. We could talk about a lot of things that are sin. And the scripture tells us that if we do any one of those things, that there's judgment. That there's a judgment. You know, he says if you break one law, you've broken the whole law. But not only that, even if you managed not to do anything outwardly, you did everything just right outwardly, still inwardly you have a problem that will keep you out of heaven. And that's the sin nature. And that's why you must be born again. <laughs> Amen? Jesus said, you must be born again. Why? It's because you can't get into heaven the way you are. That which is born of flesh is flesh. You say, well, I was born of flesh. Isn't that good enough? No. You must be born again. And there's a lot of strange doctrines around, folks. You might go to one church and, and, and they say, well, if you were baptized in this church as an infant, you're going to go to heaven. Well, I come to tell you it's not true. Don't believe it. But don't, not because I said so, but because the Bible says so. The pastor challenged us this morning, read your Bible. You know, believers, you need to read your Bible. Amen then you won't be deceived in these last days. Amen? See what it says. If I mention something in the message today, look it up in your Bible and see what it says. Because this is what we're counting on, not Tom Shanklin or, or even Pastor Rich, as holy as he is. Amen? It's the Word of God. Base, base your salvation on the Word of God. See what it says. Study and see what it says. And God's word says you must be born again. 
And that's a heart change. There's a doctrine going around today that says there is no hell. A guy wrote a book about it. Very popular preacher. Big pastor. Writes a book. Says there is really no hell. Well, I read in my Bible there's a hell. And Jesus said do everything you can to escape it. Amen? And so I don't care how many churches around this town or around this area say that you're saved because you were baptized as an infant. I can't, I've studied the Bible for 34 years and I do not see it in here. But I do see you must be born again. You must have a heart change. Because our heart's wrong. Amen? And we need to be made right. So all these things happen. You know, man sinned and sin passed on the human race. And God says, you know what? I love people. And I want them to be with me. And that's why he says in here, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God doesn't want anyone to perish. He doesn't want any one of you to perish. He doesn't want anyone to spend eternity in hell and separated from him. He wants everyone to be saved. But yet, we still have to do something about it. See, he did something about it. What did he do? He sent his son. Now, in this passage of Scripture that I just read, there, there's a story that explains how this works. Now, remember, Jesus is talking to this Jewish leader named Nicodemus. How many think Nicodemus probably knew the Bible, the Old Testament? Yeah, he was probably learned in the Scriptures. So Jesus said, Nicodemus, you remember... Moses out in the wilderness. Moses in the wilderness. The children of Israel were in the wilderness and they sinned. They started murmuring against God and murmuring against Moses. And because they had sinned, it opened the door. God's protection was taken off of them and serpents or snakes from the wilderness came and started to bite the people. And the people started to die. And so Jesus is telling Nicodemus, you remember that, Nicodemus? And, he, and, and so the serpent, the serpents were killing the people, so the people realized that they were out from under the protection of God. The judgment had come, and they were being bitten. So they came to Moses and said, hey, we've sinned. Pray for us. And Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord says, take a brass serpent and put it on a pole. So they were to make an image of a brass serpent, not as an idol, but as a picture. How many know the Old Testament is a shadow and a type of the new? God knew what he was going to do in Christ all the way from the beginning. So he took that pole with the serpent on top and lifted it up in the middle of the congregation and he told the people that if they were bitten by a snake, they should look at that serpent on the pole. And Jesus said, just like Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness so must the Son of Man be lifted up in, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Jesus compared himself to a snake on a pole in the wilderness on a brass image. Now how can Jesus be like a snake? I read that he's the spotless Lamb of God. I read that he never sinned. He was without sin. He was pure. John saw him. He says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the whole world. And whenever they had 
The sacrifice of a lamb in the Old Testament, it had to be a one without blemish. And Jesus was without blemish. Why? Because he didn't have this nature that, that you and I have. His father was God in heaven. So he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. But then he went to that cross of Calvary and he died for your sins. And the Bible said that he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. The scripture said that he, Jesus, was made sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So why would Jesus compare himself to a snake as the snake is a symbol of evil, a symbol of sin? It's because he, when he was on that cross, he took upon him the sins of the whole world. He took upon himself our sins. And at the same time, he gave us his righteousness. It was an exchange that took place at Calvary. There was a change. Your sin went to Jesus. His righteousness went to you. So you who deserve judgment and would, would surely receive judgment, God says, I've made a way now for you to receive righteousness instead of judgment. It's because the judgment that you deserve was placed upon my son at Calvary's tree. And that's the good news. That's the good news. And that's why Calvary is everything. Amen? That's why this is so important. All the people around you need to know this. They need to understand that Jesus died for their sins. Amen? so that they could be born again. What does it really mean to be born again? Well, number one, it means to be forgiven. All the stuff you've ever done wrong is forgiven. Number two, it means to be cleansed. Right, Susan? When you're born again, you're cleansed. You know... When you're born again, you have the sense, the knowledge that you're made right, that you're right. One day you're dirty and the next day you're cleansed. And the Bible said that the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. You see, the blood that he shed on Calvary causes us to be clean spiritually. So born again means to be clean. And born again means to be changed on the inside. God's word says that under the new covenant, he writes his laws in our hearts and our sins he remembers no more. So he doesn't only forgive our sins, but he changes us on the inside. You know, when I was born again, then I didn't want to sin anymore. Before that time, I mean, I wanted it. I wanted those drugs and alcohol. I mean, God just set me free of that. But it wasn't just the external things. It was a change in my heart. Amen? And that's what it means to be born again. Amen? And listen, folks. There's some of you that have been born again. You had this experience I'm talking about. And you go, yeah, I've heard about this before. But you need to cultivate that new life, too. Amen? You need to keep it going. You need to stay in fellowship with God. 
You know, there's a scripture that talks about those who had forgotten that their sins were purged. You know, when we're no longer excited about the new birth, amen, we got a checkup. We need a spiritual checkup, amen. You got to go to the doctor's office and see what's going on here. I, I should be excited about God, amen, because it's a living relationship. What else does it mean to be born again? Well, it means to be adopted into the family of God. Because <laughs> if you're born of the Spirit, then you are your father's son or daughter. Amen? You're a child of God. How many know it's good to be in a good family? You know, where there's a mom and a dad and they get along and, and they treat you right. and You know, it's, it's a happy thing to be in a good family. Can I have an amen? Well, look, when you're born again, you're in the best family in the universe. You got the greatest father of all, and his, it's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. He wants to bless your life. You're adopted into the family of God. That's what it means to be born again. And you must be born again. You must be. And like I said, being born again is a miracle. Can I have an amen? You can't born again yourself. You're born of the Spirit. But you do need to do something, amen? You do need to do something. Pastor Rich shared the scripture, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. And I believe there's two things we can see clearly that we need to do. They're small things. Basically, it boils down to opening the door. Amen? Opening the door. Uh, really a scripture to, to, to Christians, but it applies to anybody. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone will open, I'll come in and sup with them. God wants to come in your life. And when he comes in your life, you'll be different than you ever were before. Amen? And, and if we break it down, it's two things. Repent and believe the gospel. In my case, I, when I was nine years old, I believed the gospel. I did. I believed the gospel. As far as I understood it, I believed it. But real true believing also includes repenting. It includes an action of turning from sin and to God. And that's why it wasn't until I was 27 years old that I had that miracle take place. Because when God said turn, I said yes. And all of a sudden, boom, everything changed. His presence came in my life. Amen? And I was different than I ever was before. It's all to His glory. We are not saved by works of righteousness, which we have done, but by the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I was able to quit drugs and alcohol, not because I'm such a good guy, because, but because he's such a good Savior. Amen. And his power came in my life, and I've never been the same, praise God. You must be born again. Man, you must be born again. 
And, you know, you can be born again in the church. You can be born again here today. We're going to give you an opportunity to be born again if you haven't been born again. I don't care what your age is. Young people, you can be born again today. Older people, maybe you're 70, 80. Maybe one of these days you won't be on the earth, but you can be born again today and you can know that you'll be with the Lord. Amen. And folks, you can be born again in church or you can be born again in a barn. You heard that saying, born in a barn? This pastor was born in a barn. Born in a barn. You can be born on the street. My wife was walking down the street. She was born again. And you can be born in a church. I mean, people ought to be being born again in a church. That's what the church is here for. Amen. But it's not just about, you understand what I'm saying, it's not just about a church membership. It's about the heart. And it can happen anywhere. And I tell you what, if you haven't been born again, do not delay. A couple months ago I was talking, I was with, uh, visiting with a friend of mine who's a very on-fire Christian. He introduced me to his brother who had a lot of problems with alcohol and different things in his life and had a resistance to God. And I stood there and I talked with his brother a little bit and tried to witness to him, tried to pray for him. And he says, oh, I don't need any of that stuff. He said, I'm not much for prayer. I'm not interested. I tried to minister to him, but the wall was up. You know what I'm saying? I just heard this last week. He's no, his brother's no longer on the earth. He died. Went on a trip out east, and I had a heart attack. He's not here anymore. Somebody said, Brother Tom, you trying to scare us? No, I'm just trying to bring this home to reality. You've got to do this before, before you leave your body. Because then you're going to go out into eternity. The Bible says, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment. You must be born again. You say, oh, I've got to sow my wild oats first. Oh, man, that's, don't mess with that junk. All it does is mess up your life. Sin is just, you know, it's nothing but destructive. It might look good. It might feel good for a little while, but it'll mess you up, I guarantee you. God is so much better. I used to think, man, getting high was great, but I saw it messed my life up. But then I got hooked up with the most high, and I haven't needed drugs ever since then. He's my joy. Amen? All that stuff is just a substitute for the real. You need Jesus Christ. He died for you. Amen? And he wants you to give your life to him. And that's when you'll be born again. Your whole life will be changed. You'll never be the same. Hallelujah. God wants to bless you and give you a new life. Can I have an amen? Praise God. Let's just bow our heads before the Lord. You must be born again. Hallelujah. You can be born again. You can have this change in your life. Hallelujah. Thank God for it. Praise God. Just with our heads bowed for a moment, let's just have a holy moment before the Lord. How many today would say, yeah, I know, I've been born again. I had that experience you're talking about, Brother Tom. I've had it. I'm born again. Would you lift your hand if that's you? I've been born again. I've been born again. All right? Okay, you put your hand down. Praise God. Now, how many would say, 
I want to be born again. I want this you're talking about. I want God in my life. Would you lift your hand if that's you? I want to be born again today. I don't want to wait another day. Would you lift your hand if that's you? I want, I want to be right on the inside. I want to be made right. Praise God. Lift your hand. Don't be afraid because it can happen right here today. I want to be born again. Anyone? Just lift your hand. Just, just lift your hand up so I know. Okay, I see that hand. Are there others? Okay. I do believe there's some others. I'm going to just give an invitation to those that raise their hand or those who are here and would like to pray with me. Because you're just one prayer away from having, receiving this. You say, well, I don't deserve it. No, neither does any of us. But he gives us eternal life. But I would like to pray with you. If you'd like to receive that gift of eternal life, would you just come and stand right here facing me? And we're all here to encourage you. Would you just come and stand? And I'd like to pray with you to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Would you come? Don't be afraid. Okay, wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. Now, are there others that would like to come too? Praise God. You must be born again. Praise God. Can I give you a hug? Praise the Lord. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Hallelujah! <laughs> We're excited for you. I love you. <laughs> She liked your preaching. I think she liked your preaching better than mine. Yeah, that's rude. She liked mine too? Is there anyone else that would like to come also today? You don't have to be a certain age. I know some of the young people, I think God's working on your heart. You know, you've got that conviction we're talking about. You come. All right. Praise God. Okay. Anyone else? You don't have that assurance. Anyone else like to come before? We're going to pray. Young people, is the Lord speaking to your heart? Don't hold back. You'll, you won't be sorry. You won't be sorry. <laughs> you know what? I've never been sorry ever since that day. I've never said, boy, I wish I wouldn't have done that. <laughs> I thank God I'm saved. Amen. Anyone else like to come before we pray? Would you all stretch your hands this way? And let's pray. Just say these words. Say, Dear Father, I'm coming to you. I need forgiveness. I need change. I want to be your child. Come into my life. I believe Jesus died for me. On that cross, but he rose again. And I receive him, his spirit, into my heart. And I thank you that I'm born again and I'll never be the same. I'll never turn back. 
I'll always follow Jesus. And I thank you for a new life through Jesus Christ. Amen. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you, Lord, for these precious ladies that have come forward today. At the bidding of the Holy Spirit, Lord, to do your will and to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives. And I thank you they will never be the same, Lord. And I thank you your hand is upon them. And I thank you, Lord, that your church will love them and embrace them and bring them in to all you have for them. I bless them in the name of the Lord Jesus. I thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. I thank you they can sense your presence.